new graphics. I like them. Welcome to the Age of Stories. I'm Frozen Fallout, your host, and today we will be talking with Joe Bain, one of the most badass PvPers in all of Losec and Eve Online. He goes around and rips things up. Hey, Joe, how's it going? Man, it's going great. Thanks for having me back on. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to great to have you back. This is our uh, slightly newer podcast that we just uh, kind of came out with, where we're trying to get the stories of the people of the 21st century. Um, and so you are definitely one of the people that have a lot of stories for us here um, in the 21st century and making a lot of them on the game EVE Online. So tell us a little bit. So we've had you on our other podcast, Crossing Darkness, but just kind of to start off and get get to know Joe a little bit. Tell us a little bit about how you got Joe Bain to, to really get going. Oh, yeah, I can tell you how Joe Bain started. <clears throat> so when I started gaming back in the 80s, you know, because I'm old, um, on bulletin boards primarily is where we were doing it at. Um, I had the name Bane, B-A-N-E. That's what I was kind of going around using. Um, and it worked really well for me. But when I started getting into other things like MMOs, um, somebody always took the name, right? <laughs> and so instead, I, I tried Superfly. And uh, somebody was always taking the Superfly name. Hi, sweetie. Give me a hug. I'm doing an interview right now, okay? Tell them hi. Hello. You having some fun today? Yes. Good, good place. Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> I did Super Dot Fly in a game called Subspace. Um, Subspace, <laughs> I think it's called Continuum now. Yeah, that game is actually still around, shockingly. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was one of the first massively multiplayer online games where even back in 1996 and 97, you could have hundreds and hundreds of people all in one place fighting each other. Oh, really? Why did yeah, I not and... know about this? Subspace, huh? Yeah. Astarothi, uh, thank you for the follow, and he says he loved uh, Subspace. Yeah, Subspace is a great game. I played Subspace for... I have probably got close to 20,000 hours in that game altogether. Um, <laughs> and it's it's an interesting game because it's, it's a space shooter game, and it's 100% skill-based. There's no luck involved. So you just get better the more that you play, and you just keep getting better and better and better. So the more time you put into it, you know, the more powerful of a player you are, uh, without it having to, anything to do with a character or levels or anything like that. So very cool game. But in that game, my brother had the name Joe Bain, <laughs> and I like the name. And so you know, I keep telling him I really want that name. I really want that name. And uh, he said, that's okay, I got a better one, so you can have this one. <laughs> yeah, so he went off with his better name, and uh, and I, I was left with the turd, Joe Bain. And uh, I've used that ever since, ever since. I've been Joe Bain since 1996. That is awesome. Yeah. Hey, Strength of Gaming, how's it going? Yeah, so it was a, a, two, a 2D space combat with bullets bouncing off walls and maintain uh, maintain physics of initial trajectory. Oh, okay, interesting. You can actually go into that game and uh, you can see on the map it has all the history of the league. 
and you can see back in the early days of the league where I was I was in the league and winning and um, won a couple of championships. It was, it was so cool. It was such a fun time. Um, unfortunately, there isn't really an equivalent thing these days. But Eve is close. Eve. Yeah, yeah. It, Eve Eve is uh, something that brings a lot of different elements of a lot of different MMORPGs together. My closest that I had to before EVE was Ultima Online. Um, not sure if you played any of that or heard about Ultima at all. Oh, I heard about it, absolutely. But I didn't play Ultima Online because I was playing something else at the time. I think that Ultima Online and Star Wars Galaxies came out right about the same time. Yep. Is that what it was? Well, or maybe uh, uh, it was, I was playing Ultima. Asheron's Call 2. Yeah, Ultima was definitely way before uh, Star Wars Galaxies. Like it was, I think they came out with a pretty big update or a 3D update-ish kind of around that time. Oh, Ultima Online came out in '97, so it was UO came out and EverQuest came out, and I yeah. played Subspace, skipped UO, and then went to Ashram's Call. Yeah, I remember yep. that now. 1997, I didn't want to play anything but Subspace. According to Astaroth, the uh, Ultima Online was the game that coined the term MMORPG. And I think I remember when that was starting. So tell us... Uh, tell Are you us sure about that? <laughs> I only asked because I think that Dark Sun came out back in the early 90s. And I thought that they used... Oh, they may have just been using the term MMO. MMO, yeah, that makes that makes sense. MMO was pretty strong out there, and then all yeah. of a sudden somebody, and it feels like it was Ultima that was like, well, we're an RPG, though. Yeah. <laughs> nice, man. Yeah, Ashron's Call was an innovative MMO, especially Ashron's Call 2 with the system they had of... They had this system. It was so cool where you could have vassals that were under you, and so the more people you started getting under you, the more you're, uh, you're, you know, you could go from being like a baron to a lord to a prince, depending on how many people you had under you. And you got XP from all those people under you. You got oh. a percentage of your XP. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's so like I a Ponzi like scheme. Yeah, it is a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> you get like 300 people under you and you're just getting this speed up XP that's just coming in all the time. It was amazing. It was a really cool system. Here, Asterasi saying MMORPG is the term coined by Richard. Uh, oh, I don't know what that name is. Yeah, <laughs> to refer to the massive online RPG role playing games in social communities. So, who's Richard? I guess he's uh... <laughs> And also, Style Star says uh, that Joe, ba Joe Bain, you're an amazing guy. So. <laughs> I'm an amazing guy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so tell us, uh, how did you uh, get involved in uh, EVE Online and, and specifically what, what have you been kind of up to in EVE Online? I get involved in EVE, uh, probably like everybody else. I had friends that played EVE. Uh, I always loved space games, subspace, uh, whatever that other thing was. Yeah, I played three or four space games, so, so EVE Online was kind of like a natural thing. But when I got into EVE, I kept trying it back then on the free trial. And um, every time I would go into play EVE, I hated the UI, man. Like the user experience, I just uh, I thought it was bad. 
So I would play a little while and then I would quit and play a little while and quit and play a little while and quit. Um, and then I got started doing faction warfare stuff with some friends. We joined the Kaldari militia, not knowing anything about any of it. We just all joined up with Kaldari militia and um, started going and living over around Usi, which is next to Ishamilkin, mm -hmm. uh, yep. which at the time was where the Black Rebel Rifter Club was headquartered. You know, they, were, they were staying over in Ishamilkin at the time. So basically, we were just flying out of Usi because we were afraid to live in Losek <laughs> and, and jumping over into the Black Rebel Rifter Club and feeding those guys ships. So <laughs> we just did that for a while. And while we were doing it, we were watching Judge Sarn on Twitch, you know, Judge Sarn. Um, I think he's even streaming right now. And, and watching that guy, and it's, you know, this this is an old dude, just like me, just a regular guy. And he just goes out there and gets drunk and shoots at everything he can. It's like, I could do that. Really, I could do that. I could do that same thing, and I would have a lot of fun. Um, and so I started doing that, about 50 Kestrels. We got to talk about the Kestrel, because a mistake was made. <laughs> Bought 50 Kestrels, stuck them in Uzi, you know, my little, my little system over there. Um, and all was good. And my plan was to just go rapid fire Kestrels off into Losec, go to Tama, whatever, and mix it up. But there was a problem. I undocked my first Kestrel and realized I didn't buy any ammunition. <laughs> and I spent all my ISK on Kestrels. Every, every bit of it. All of it. I had nothing left. I couldn't even insure them. <laughs> and so then I get into this situation where I'm over there doing missions so I can earn LP so that I can convert rockets into navy rockets so that i can then haul my navy rockets all the way from where i was at over by jita to usi and load them into every kestrel and then go out and fly so you know play all play on the weekend gives me rockets as i could take them over there to usi load them up go out and fly i mean what a noob right <laughs> what a noob you know i'm doing all this stuff you know and kind of talking to judge sard here and there and bitching at him about how Eve sucks and it's a terrible game and I don't know how you could even fucking play it and stuff like that, you know, typical me. And, uh, and he was like, man, why don't you just spend 15 or $20 and buy you some ISK, get what you need, and then have more than a billion ISK left over. <laughs> like, for 15 bucks, I could go PvP for a long time. That's and a lot of, that's yeah, a lot of catch Four million, five million is Kestrels. That that's probably all of them I'll ever need. And so I did that. And to this day, I still have some of the original fifty Kestrels floating around. They're out there. They're around. They're not an issue milk and, or Usi anymore. They've been moved and moved and moved and moved and moved. You know how you how you do as you go over the course of the years. Things get shifted around. Right. Uh, and so that's kind of how I got started. And I got out there and I realized pretty quickly. Every time I was losing a fight, it was my fault that I was losing the fight. I did something wrong, or I made a bad decision or string of decisions somewhere along the way. And it was like every single time I was fighting, I was only lasting for a few seconds. But then my brain would output a list of all the things I could have done better. You know, did, did I do it wrong? Maybe I could have tried something different. Maybe the first thing that I should have done was totally different than anything I did. And so, you know, I start delving off into that 
And I don't learn by watching other people's videos or listening to other people. I learn very little that way. Some things, like don't use void. I learned that from Judge Sarn. <laughs> even though I didn't know why. You know, but you, you know, you get going and um, you, you, you get up and going. You start learning things and then you lose a bunch of ships. If you do it the way I did it, trial and error. And for me, it only took a couple of months. You can look on my Zico history at the stats and you'll see back when I started, you know, very few ships killed. There was one month where I lost almost 700 ships. Holy crap. Feel free to calculate that. <laughs> it is a day it's and yeah i i was losing a lot of ships you know i was buying them hundreds at a time um i remember a night when i was first doing slicers the whole slicer thing man so that's, that's mainly kiting right i had a problem i got to a stage in my my education on solo PvP and low second black rise where I didn't understand how to I didn't understand why Kaidi ships died to brawly things and I didn't understand how to get away from Kaidi stuff I didn't understand you know people talk about this slingshot but nobody ever actually tells you here's how you do it nobody ever says here is a really easy way that you can do this without having to think about it nobody ever says that they don't give you like a thing that you can do to get away in almost every situation but there is one and um you know i thought well the best way for me to do this is to be a little bitch because i thought only little bitches flew slicers at the time or <laughs> kiny tristan or garmers or anything like that i still think that i still think <laughs> I, I prefer the brawl okay. i do I, yeah. I suck at kiting i <laughs> what are you even doing <laughs> But uh, yeah, I got into Slicer, and I remember one night, I'd, I had lost a bunch of Slicers to this point. I was like, I'm going to buy more Slicers. I'm tired of running out of them, having to haul them back and forth to Jita. Let's just get a whole Jump Freighter full and bring them to Mirathan, right? Turned out to be somewhere around 200 and something, 220, 230, fully fit, you know, haul them unfit, fit them in the station. Right, yeah. Uh, and, and so I had a whole jump freighter brought in. Um, everybody's like, you're going to have slicers for the rest of your life, man. It'll last forever. And four months later, I was out again. <laughs> so I bought another 150. And some of those are still in existence. But only because I absorbed all the knowledge from the slicer. Yeah, you just you, you went out and got it blown up enough that you finally started to understand what the slicer is, what it can do, who it can go up against, why and and where and how and people get away, how you catch them, how the whole gate sliding mechanic works when there's something kitey involved. You can start to learn things about signature radius while you're doing that because not getting hit by things when you're 20k away is also important. Yep. <clears throat> and so um, you know, the difference between orbiting and keeping away, you know, those are two hugely different things that you're doing. Um, if you catch a kiter, you know, maybe you got a slicer that's got beans, right? He's not going to be orbiting. He's going to be doing keep away, most likely. Well, if he, he legitimately just clicks keep away from your ship, you can catch him every time, right? It's a piece of cake. It's so easy. Anybody could do it. Um, Whereas if they're orbiting, it's a whole different game. So, um, 
Yeah, little things that you learn and you pick up through experience. Which would lead me to one complaint I want to make for new people coming into low set, coming into faction warfare. Um, new people that come into it right now are at a little bit of a disadvantage and should not expect to learn as fast as we did because there aren't the same number of combat opportunities out there for them. So they should be easy on themselves when, when they say, oh man, this guy said he did it in a few weeks. This guy said he did it in a few months and they're four months in wondering why they're not at that level yet. Well, if you look at the raw numbers, you haven't had the same number of fights. If yeah. you're playing right now out there. It, you know, it, it maybe feels you're like, in a situation where you do, but I not if you're just a pirate out hunting. The, yeah, the I feel are. I feel like the only places that I get a solid amount of, of fights is really Tama at this point for the area that we live in. Um, you know, I mean, Notorious has some fights, um, but they're very few and far, far between. You gotta kind of hunting for them all day long, kind of like that's how Gwen and Gwen does say uh, say hello by the way, and uh, uh, cool. strength of Samson. So uh, definitely, um, uh, you know, there's there's opportunities out there, but it feels like compared to I remember when Faction Warfare first kicked off, it was like daily like in militia they would be shouting we've got a 30-man fleet we're taking it out yeah. we're going and fighting there's all these crazy things going off everybody's kind of figuring out what's going on and how to manipulate the mechanics um they didn't have just one ship that you needed to blow up in the beginning they had like a hundred ships that didn't stop the, the the counter from counting down and i remember having a interceptor that would just grab all the aggro and you would just be kiting at like 30 kilometers, you know, at the perfect uh, thing. So you could just kite all of right. the crazy NPCs. And then you'd pull in a fleet to, to you know, to absorb up the, the LP and stuff like that. But um, I just remember there was a lot of activity, a lot of working together. The Galente had their own forms that they were, you know, anybody that was in the Galente could join. And now it feels like just nobody really works together at this point. There's, but there also is way less soloers out there as well um, to accommodate that as well. Less of everything, just right? Less of everything. The activity level is lower, and probably due to a lot of factors. Do I think it's going to improve? Absolutely. There's oh, yeah. no reason to not believe it will improve. It always has when it's been like this before, and it's done it so many times. You know, if this is the time that it doesn't improve, it would be a, a statistical anomaly, right? I agree. Yeah, for sure. It's it, it. I feel like we have a lot to to grow for for Eve. There's still a lot to be done with Eve, and um, you know, there's there is a lot of weird stuff kind of going on with Eve right now. But I think one of the big things that's um needs to be taken into account is. A lot of people are getting out and about right now, and there is there's a lot of legitimate complaints about Eve, um, but there's a lot of people that are just doing other things right now, and and zero point zero is ground down to a complete halt at this point. From from my outs outsider's perspective, there's you know the war is basically gone to you know goon zone one little constellation and the rest of 0, 0.0 is blue with each other so without you know a lot of activity coming from you know them there there's still a lot 
that kind of resonates over into Losek, I feel like. And just as the game just kind of chills in, in, a, in a general feeling, that just kind of bleeds over into Losek and it's much more of a chill environment that we have there. I'm still able to find fights, but they're much fewer and far between, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm still able to find fights too, especially if I create a situation where I'm giving other people lots of advantages. There's plenty of stuff to fight if you... The more you even the playing field or push the playing field into someone else's uh, benefit, you know, the, the more fights you'll get. Uh, I am glad says. to see Astarathi uh, and all that stuff those guys are doing around. Like I, that, that it's, it's amazing. I'm really glad to have Astarashi back in Faction Warfare and, and going around and, and kind of... I love his videos, see, getting the, like, Galente, like, feeling of, like, okay, let's get out there, do this for the Federation type kind of uh, attitude is just... Uh, it's, it's really awesome to have back in Faction Warfare, and I really hope to see, um, you know, some more growth. And it's, it's interesting because I used to run um, Mecha Enterprises fleet i used i was the the original founder and the original ceo of mech enterprises fleet before they became fed up and uh and i always I loved working with Asterashi and all those guys that um faction warfare back in the day was just so much fun before everything kind of i don't know went crazy <laughs> i don't know really what happened because i was kind of gone during that time period <laughs> Yeah, I like came back and it was like a wasteland. I was like, "What? What happened?" I killed, here? I killed everyone. I made him quit. <laughs> That's what Astarache said. That you're, you're. Yeah. That everybody's hiding from you at this point. So, I, I wish I could remember the names of the people involved. You know, you know how the names of the people that you used to play all the time around three or four years ago just slip oh. away. You, you would recognize them if you saw them, but yep names are gone so the names are gone for me um but i do remember uh that it all went down in fliette about about three or four years ago and um i was having a tough time it was it was when i was getting a lot of fights i was getting 20 or 30 kills a day but i was losing twice as many ships you know mm -hmm. so even though i got 20 kills that day you know here i was dying 50 times so you know, my feelings on the whole matter were kind of questionable. Uh, and I got in this situation over in Fliette. I was in my little breacher. I felt good about it. The breacher felt good about it. We were communicating well. Um, and I got in the novice plex over there. I killed a comet with my breacher, a blaster comet, which, Ooh. you know, that's not really supposed to happen. And it was a good pilot. I think his name was Cervantes. Maybe he was... Uh, he was around. He was a comet dude. He was a well-known comet dude. And and I had lost so many breachers to him. But every time I was a little bit closer. Um, and that's how I got it. And then I repaired up in the novice and didn't leave the novice. And more people kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And they would go back and get another ship and keep coming again. And I won nine fights in a row without ever leaving the plex. <laughs> you know? And I felt like, at that moment, I felt like, wow, I've really achieved a level of success in EVE. You know, that particular thing going on, that was not something I ever thought would have ever happened, right? Right, yeah. So that was the first time for me that something like that had happened in EVE. And the energy I got from that, you know, carried me on until the next thing happened.
The yep. Next, the next thing. A few weeks later, the next thing happened. And ever since then, it's always been the next thing. Um, I don't know if you guys looked at my kill board today or if you heard about it, I, but I did see that there were made this morning. <laughs> I was about to ask about that. There, there does seem to be a little red on the kill board today. I was, uh, I was trying to do some stuff. You know, I was having a good conversation with the viewers on my stream, and we're a little bit distracted. Things were getting a little out of hand. Um, I saw a. I went over to the medium plex in Kadama, and there was an Incursus and a Merlin sitting in it. And the Incursus and the Merlin, this was in a medium. I don't usually go into a medium, period, right? So I wasn't really even thinking about it as a fight. It was just the way that it all went down. Hey, look, you can see me for a second. See how my camera lit up? What's up with that? <laughs> it's, uh, it, yeah, every once in a while, it seems to like just... This, uh... yeah. I got a, maybe it's a setting. Um, so, you see the Atron, the Incursus in there, and I'm sitting outside as I do, cloaked up, and I see the Hikate go in. I was like, oh, okay, okay, interesting. It's gonna have, what, maybe? Is it really important enough to interrupt my interview right now, or can it wait? Sorry. It can wait? No? Okay, what is it? <laughs> come here, come here, talk to me where I can hear you. Assholes. <laughs> you want to change your name from Lila? What do you want your name to be? How about Mark? That's a good name. <laughs> what about Futter? Want to be called Futter? That's unbelievable. Go by your middle name. That was really important. Go play. <laughs> Names are important, man. They are important. <laughs> they always mess with her about her name. They call her Leela. It's L-Y-L-A. How hard is that? Uh, yeah. She used to fix it up. So anyway, what's up doing? The, yeah, they went in, and the and the two frigates flew off. They they bailed, and so that made me think that the likelihood of that being a bait situation was almost zero, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just because of that going down thought there's probably not something sitting in there lying in wait and so i thought well i'm pretty good at killing hikates and i am um that doesn't mean a hikate can't kill me anytime you're dealing with something that has more than 500 dps it's risky business right yeah and it's also risky business if i run into one that has a cap booster and dual reps because i would never kill it uh, but I could run away from it, right? So, so yeah, I walked in there. Immediately, I saw how he was fit. Was it killable? Yes. Uh, but there were a couple things working against me. One, I'm used to fighting those in my blingy Astero. And in my blingy Astero, I can orbit at 10 or 11 and still hold point and still be, you know, my point on that ship is 15K. So I could sit around 10 or 11 all day long. And with my Abyssal Newt, I could still Newt them for 50, 60 gigajoules while I'm out that far. Okay, yep. Yeah, so in the non-blingy one, okay, baby, like the one I was flying this morning, you're only going to Newt 50K at, 
you got to be around 6,500, 6, maybe seven. And then the point only goes out to what, nine, 10? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you've got to be close, which was too close when the Hikate loads and all. Um, and that's when the mistakes started to be made. I repped a little late, just a little, not a lot. And then he was getting strike through. And I thought that I would newt him before I died. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wrong. But I could have escaped and I chose not to because I thought, well, the ship's not worth that much. I don't care about the ship. I'd rather get the kill or risk getting the kill. Um, but I did not ever want to lose my pod ever at any point. Um, I wish I could show you the video to show you what happened, but there's a specific way that I work out that it always works for me except once every three years. Okay. So if you guys want to say once every three years, isn't always, that's fine. That's my track record so far. Once every three years, I get my head blown up because I fuck it up. Um, and I clicked the wrong thing and then I clicked the wrong thing again. And I was like, okay, well that's the end of the head. Um, the guy locked me up and then I just started talking to my stream instead of continuing to pay attention. And I sat there for a few seconds, unpointed. I could have yep. walked away at time. And that happens in low sec. It's interesting because not everybody wants right. to blow up pods. And usually if, if a pod's just sitting there, oh, it's got nothing in it. That's <laughs> what he thought. He thought it was empty. It was a billionaire's pod. I wanted it out of there. I would have liked to use it again. I'm going to replace it. Right. So, yeah, that you know that was kind of a, a bad ordeal, but not as bad of an ordeal as losing the 8 billionaires Castero. Thankfully, that one was only a 200 billion is a 200 million is Castero. Right. Yep. <laughs> but I also think if I would have been in my other one, the extra four or five percent resists combined with all of the other superpowers that it has, I think I would have defeated the Akate this morning. Um, yeah, it is. It, I, I mean, didn't that, learn bling, a lot. that little extra bit is, you know, so important in those really yes. close fights. It is, it is, man. It absolutely is. It's pretty amazing for an Astero to ever kill a Picante, so the fact that I've ever been able to do it is pretty cool. <laughs> I just want to continue to prove that I can still do it, um, but sometimes I'm going to lose ships if I continue to try, because that's definitely not a guaranteed win. So when you're when you're trying to stack all the odds um, in your favor, what... what uh... Take us kind of through a little bit of a, a breakdown. Um, do you do you use uh, so you've got implants? Um, do you use drugs? And you talked about a little bit about abyssal um, kind of mods. Is there you can give us like a little bit of a breakdown of kind of what do you try to do in order to stack everything in your favor? Where does it start? It starts with the skill points. Um, okay, so if I'm in a ship that I'm really serious about, then I want to get laser focused on it. There's a few things that I need to do to stack the odds in my favor. One is I need to make sure that I've maxed out the usable skills for that ship. That doesn't mean go into your list of ships and seeing the gold five on there. Mm-hmm. Right. Because not everything is used per se. Yeah, that's very unimportant. I just, but I want to make sure that I'm as proficient as possible for the modules that I have on the hull that I'm in. And then if I've got deficiencies, I know what those deficiencies are so that I can mitigate the effect of those deficiencies while I train. Um, you know, so be aware of them. 
make sure you're not doing something silly, like having some skill at one that could easily be at three in just a few hours, you know, something like that, and then work toward maxing those out. And then I want to understand why the hole wins and why the hole loses. You know, why is the fit that I'm in going to win and why is it going to lose? Which in the case of the Estero, why does it win? Because you can engage someone in a capacitor war, right? Mm -hmm. You engage them in a capacitor war and you can win the capacitor war, which is how you beat the game of Eve. Um, <clears throat> and then the other thing is, is it really good at mit mitigating damage? Because it has the superior resist profile, which turns it into a brick. You know, I'm sure all you guys have been in the situation where you fight the Astero, his shields disappear, and then you start hitting his armor and you're just like, what the hell is even going on right now? This doesn't even make sense. I can't even make the armor go down. Right, we've all been there. And you it's just a sinking feeling. When you get into that situation and then the new hits you, it's just like, you know that there's nothing you can do and you're screwed. <clears throat> so we wanna, we wanna understand that stuff. And then we wanna look at boosters. When I'm doing the Astero you want to boost within a situation that you can afford to maintain. So I use improved exile. Some people might not. Some people might use strong exile. Is it better? Well, of course it's better. It's also much more expensive. Mm -hmm. So I use improved. You might use standard. Um, when I started out, I didn't use that. I used synth, right? I used and synth, synth exile. just got boosted quite a bit. Right, and it has no negative side effects. Um, and then there's the Pharmacon drugs that you can use. Um, so it depends on how you're hunting. For me, I'm hunting around my home bases. And that means I can go take more drugs anytime. Which also means if I'm willing to pay for it, I can always have a perfect drug roll. Right? Okay, yep. Because you can reclone on a Citadel as many times as you want. Jump in and out of your head, in and out of your head until you have the drug roll that you want. So I would run Improved Exile and Hard Shell 2 for financial reasons. Did you Have you seen the, the new Liber, or Liberation yeah. Day event boosts? I haven't either. I'm wondering what no. those are. Hopefully they're good. I am too. Link it, Asherathi, so I can look at it after the thing. I mean, if that's okay with you. <laughs> uh... Yeah, um, so that, you know, with the boosters, I do that. I don't haul them with me. If I was hunting a different way, let's say maybe I was floating back and forth between a lot of different large areas, I would instead move toward taking Aeoli Pharmacon drugs with me, which I could take on the fly, more expensive, but I could take on the fly right before my fight mm -hmm. and not get a negative side effect. So don't have to worry about carrying drugs around when you're always within five or six jumps of your of a staging location yep people that stage out of one location you know they're limited to a certain number of systems when you have five staging systems around black rise you can go anywhere you want and be you know within minutes of your drugs i hope for some day to be able to to set myself up all throughout black rise i'm barely able to maintain my tama and and uh notorious cash right now <laughs> it's uh i've never been able to maintain my tama cash 
Like, if I decide I'm going to fight for a while in Tama, I run out of ships really quick. Oh, God. It's like, wait a minute. I thought I had I ships here. All of us. Yeah. <laughs> I always stays out of Sujurento. Um Personal preference. Back when I started that out, you had to deal with the NPC station in Tama. And you might remember, uh, what was that dude's name? Ice somebody or another. Was it Ice Garfield? That alt that was always there in the Gnosis on the Tama NPC. Yep. I assume that he's still there, and therefore I just don't go into the NPC ever again. So I moved to Sujarento where it was safer. Uh, okay. yeah. so After the 30th ship, I lost to that guy, right? So apparently it's 10% bonus to projectile weapon tracking speed, missile velocity, explosion velocity for two hours. 10% um, bonus to stasis webifier range, uh, target painter range and target painter strength for two hours and 10% uh, projectile weapon optimal range and fall off as well as missile velocity base duration two hours so no drone damage boost no drone um, damage boost really quickly let's finish up on the last point oh yeah I, yep. I wanted to talk about the implants just really quickly because they're critically important you don't ever have to run drugs. You don't ever have to run implants. But if you're flying a ship around that's several hundred mil, you should definitely think about drugs. If you're flying a ship around that's many billions of ISK in LOSEC and Black Rise, and you're not using a head, you're just being stupid. Right? <laughs> yep. Because a set of mid-grade ASCA planes, if you look at the head, look at the head I lost, those mechanics weren't worth 10 million ISK that I had in there. I just was like, just give me the base Ask Planes head. It's like 900 million is if you want to go buy it now in Jita. Cheaper if you do buy orders. And, um, you know, you just run it all the time. Yes, I lost it, but I got, let's see, 200, 350, 400, 450 kills out of that head. Oh, that's not bad. Yep. And, I mean, in low sec, if, because you're not having bubbles, the likelihood of getting caught like you said, is pretty, pretty low, you know, once every three years. And I've, uh, my, my main problem that I've had with losing my pods in low sec is that I'm so used to having nothing in my head that as yeah. soon as I put something in my head, I'll be like, okay, I got blown up. All right. I'm just going to wait for them to pod me. And I'll even do my own self-destruct all the time because a lot of times they won't blow me up. So I'm just like, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, do I have a billion isk in my head? Oh, crap. I self-destructed a high-grade slave set in Tama back in the day to pod myself home to get another Kestrel. <laughs> I know you guys think that might sound stupid with the high-grade slaves in the Kestrel, but trust me, it's totally viable. You can get 14,800 HP out of a Kestrel that way, and nobody knows what hit them. Oh, interesting. So it kind of changes it up. They're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. Your shields are down. Yeah. What's going on here? And they hit that armor. It's extremely viable. Um, I've got a lot of kills that way. And it's very sneaky. <laughs> who, who expects it? So, yeah, um, I, I did. I lost the self-destruction because in my brain, it was like every other time. <laughs> Die, go get a new ship. Die, go get a new ship. So, yep. Thankfully, nobody clipped it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it's self-destruct, so it didn't get on the killboard, right? Right. 
Nice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't end up on there. So unless I tell you all about it, nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, I, I have yet to, to been able to pull that off. Um, I I definitely have sat just around with Billy and his in my head and just been like, yeah, go ahead, pod me. I just want to get home quicker. So painful. <laughs> I did that to uh, Insidious Sainthood one night. Um, was like, pod me home. I potted him home. And he had a 5.4 billion SCAD in. Oh, he didn't just... realize it. He just didn't realize it. I didn't realize it. I wouldn't have purposefully potted his head like that in that situation. But we recently and by the pod... way, oh, go ahead. Don't let them think that's any leniency for the rest of you. I will pod your ass. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't set any expectations here. I, I am all about potting. I don't care about my sex status anymore. I'm like, okay, I've got my alt. He does all my transporting and stuff. I'm just never going back to high sec with Frozen at this point. Not not without having police chase me everywhere. It's just, that's just the way that it is. Logistics one of the biggest barriers for new players to PvP. Logistics is the huge issue. And then, you know, they go to Tama, they lose in Tama, they clone back to Jita. And then they go through the Norvakaiken gate and they start getting used to that. It's just a vicious little spiral. Mm -hmm. um, I'd rather see them get hooked up with someone like Asherathi's group or anybody's group that can help them with the, here's how you live here. Here's the logistics of it. It's very easy. Here's how you can live here, make it all yep. work and not have to run back and forth and never have to go from Tama to Norvakaiken or from Norvakaiken to Tama. Yep. Yeah, my, my one of my court mates just got a um, jump freighter, so we're we're hopefully going to be able to stock this Taurus to the brim with a bunch of stuff. Uh, we've just been using uh, DTS or DSTs and yeah. um, and stuff like that. But that's just, it's so small comparatively to what you really really want to have uh, when you're shipping in you know hundreds of ships and all the fittings that you want to have for the. Y'all are doing it yourself. Yeah, I uh. I can tell y'all with 100% confidence for three years now, almost all of my stuff has come in on pub contracts. My jump freighters have almost all been through the haulers channel and yep. I haven't lost a single contract through the haulers channel in one time. And, and from my understanding, the haulers don't mind Tama comparatively to a lot of other uh, destination locations. It's it's not a it's not a it's not you know the safest, but it's not it's not actually that dangerous. It's interesting because I feel like Shadow Cartel keeps the the Nervakiken Gate kind of clean a little bit because they're not really big into gate camping, and they're big into knocking gate camps down. And I've noticed that that it feels at least not, at these days it feels like Nervakiken Gate is much more likely to not be camped than camped these days. I've been keeping an eye on it and that could very well be the case but i attribute it to what we were talking about earlier where there's just less of everything right now mm -hmm. because i feel like if there was more activity you would have another group that would assume the role of camping that gate because it's the best gate in eve to camp it so. is a great great get camping yeah. gate Especially when it's when it's been slowing down, like I feel like now is like the time to actually Everybody set up gets, a solid camp there. Do it, man. People people want to go through there. They just can't <laughs> handle going around, man. We've been we've been doing our Wednesday fleets, and we've been uh, sitting um, in in Kidama on on the the Tamagate, just one jump back. 
<laughs> that's a that's a dangerous spot for me for people to camp. It is. And, it is you know, I had, I had to talk to Gwen because I I love Notoras, but I could never live there, and I really don't even like hanging out there because there's only one way in and out, and really the only situation that I get comfortable with an expensive ship going in and out of there is if I have my scouts around mm-hmm. that I can look before I go in because it would be very easy for somebody to notice that I was in my expensive Astero and just camp me into that system, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I would be looking for a wormhole to exit with or just doing something else until they got bored. It takes yeah. some people a long time to get bored, like years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, no, and that's, uh, yeah, Gwen does a lot of the camping on the, on the other side of the gate, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting, um, system because of that, um, I, I like it because of that, because that makes it, like, the one thing is, is that in low sec, it's hard to actually stop me from getting in and out of a system, though, I mean, especially if you've got a cloaking device, um, you know, as long as, you know, you come in at an angle, you're not going to be able to get smart bombed. You're not going to ca- get caught by a bomb. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that I'm terrified of is when I see like a, um, a Garmer or some other insanely fast ship sitting with a, with like a, a Gnosis or something else that I'm like, oh no, okay. So these guys know how to, <laughs> they know how to bump into cloaky stuff and just, just stop it from going anywhere. Um, Share a moment of truth, a bit of truth with you guys. I'll tell you guys what really makes my nuts go up in my stomach when I'm jumping into somewhere and I see something sitting on a gate, and that's when I see a carries there. If I see a carries there, knowing that that carries can get over 4,000 scan resolution and a 50k point without even trying, that's the thing that that worries me only because so many times. You know, if I clicked the button and been locked and dead before the warp drive active sound even got started, right? Like, it, it's just so damn fast. I know that there are plenty of other ships that can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the one that gets me. When I see that, I get nervous. Yeah, that is a great, great gate, gate camping ship. Um, the only thing you have to be, you know, careful on is that it can it can get easily blown up by gate guns. But... yeah. If you have the proper setup, logistics already, healing it doesn't really matter at that point. And if you're shooting at me, it also doesn't matter. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, you're you're in the same club as me where it's like, oh, gate guns doesn't change yeah. anything in this combat. <laughs> you know what? When I had my security status up, it still didn't really change anything. The, not, the not for a gate cam. The people that were going to get you are still going to get you. Right. Yep. The carries, you know... I'm probably so edgy about that one because the um, Revolution Gate Camp used to, they used to really make use of that. One of those guys had a hard on for it. Uh, (laughs) I don't see them much anymore because I started just avoiding that whole Adelie's situation like the plague. Oh, really? really? Yeah. I I used to live in Adelie's back in the day. um, So I. Yeah, I had I had a lot of fun back um, when when faction warfare first, when Black Rides first came into existence. Hades was a really good staging point for a lot of us. It was the the revolution thing. 
The problem is not their gate camp. The problem is the intelligence that they have surrounding the gate camp. Because if you you probably are aware of who their scouts are, mm-hmm. um, and if you are, you know you'll see their scouts three or four systems out in every direction from Haley's. So that's a lot of time that they have to reship and prepare. And a lot of stuff goes on, you know, like Tahoma will get in his Proteus so that they can get your pod. <laughs> you know, we'll, yep. you get the pod away from the gate camp. Tahoma will beat you to wherever it is that you work to if you don't work to a safe. Um, which brings us to one thing. Remember earlier I said I had a system for warping my pod away? Mm-hmm. And that I liked it and people would bitch at me? It's for exactly people like him. Because if you warp to a celestial, he will follow you to the celestial and blow you up, right? Yep, yep. If you work to your own safe, he can't. Yep. So, you know, it's just a part of what is going to make you lose more pods. Doing it the way that I do it, or people like Tahoma Sakura, or even, um, it's not coming to me. What's his name? Yeah, the guy that sits in Kadama all the time in the Proteus with the officer smart bond. Hicksona. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, Hicksona. So, uh, yeah. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, uh, I hate smart bombs. That's the one, the one thing that, uh, just, I've lost so many frigates and good pods to as well because it's like, oh, my frigate's gone. Oh, my pod is gone. And shit, that had Wait. stuff in it. <laughs> It's comforting to know that my Sarah will not die to a Proteus with Officer Smartwong. It's been thoroughly tested. <laughs> but it will die to three materials with Smartwong. Yeah, it's not not a lot besides, uh, you know, Cruiser and up is really going to be able to survive that. Yeah, so, you know, generally, you know who's in the system or you don't work gate to gate. Yeah, yep. So we are coming on uh, up on an hour here. I was wondering, though, if there's anything that you kind of want to go over, anything that you want to talk about, any projects that you have currently going, um, kind of just open up the time for you to, to talk about whatever you'd like. I do have a project going on. <laughs> it's actually part of why I'm losing so many ships is what it is that I'm trying to do. Um, I'm going to put another upgrade on my primary Astero. I've got, I'm trying to purchase the correct newt for it or make the correct newt for it. I want to be able to newt over 70 gigajoules. Um, that's, that's my goal. Right now, it newts 62. I've had newts that newted 69 or 68, and I really want to go over 70 because it opens up. Um, it's going to open up a whole nother area of ships that I can reliably destroy such as the Hakate. And so I've been messing with stuff, which the main thing I've been messing with is how I approach those fights. Um, and I did almost everything right in that fight this morning. So even though I lost all that stuff, I felt really good about it. Um, the outcome of it knowledge-wise, the how do I approach that fight, That's the decision-making process going into the fight, I feel like I did good. I just made a few... Um, dexterity mistakes it was there were dexterity issues with my hands so a few human computer interface issues um so i'm working on 
going back into that ship and going um, going for the 350 mark. So, oh yeah, taking out 350 mark. You know, I think it's at 129 right now. Actually, no, I'm not with it. I, I thought I was in the same. Uh, I'm in Fleet. Yeah. So 129, but to do that, I'm going to have to spend a lot of time in the other war zone. So right now, the past few weeks, I've had all of my scouts move to the other war zone, which is the reason that I've not been in my primary ship, that I've been in these T1 frigates and cheapest arrows and things like that. If I don't have my scouts up, I can't move an 8 billion ship around. Right. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I need to know some things in some places. So, uh, so yeah. So I'm set up over there. So I, I think if I go over the world of war zone, I feel like I can get 50 to 100 kill marks quickly before everybody figures out what I'm doing. How I'm <laughs> coming a little strategy. fresh, you know? Right. That's, yeah. Just coming hot, get a quick 50 kill marks, 100 kill marks. And then I think if I can get into a situation where I can monitor both war zones at the same time, I can float back and forth between those two and 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 double my kill rate. That's what I'm hoping for. So when I say float, I mean one night here, one night there, mm-hmm. or a half a night here, finish the night in the other war zone. Um, you would be surprised how many people in the other war zone don't even know who I am because I just haven't been over there killing them their entire yep. career. No, it's it's right? interesting how localized Eve can be. It's the yeah. the idea that if if um if you're not doing stuff in my area, I might not know anything about you even though you're, you know, an epic PVPer in your area of space. Um, you know, there are exceptions of course. <laughs> there are people that are known throughout the entire galaxy. Um, but they're, especially when I feel like when it comes to low sec PVP, it's all about learning your locals. Like just who are the people that constantly are PVPing in this area and what are they doing and who are they? And then you, you, you make friends with them and you, you know who they are, you know, or you make enemies with them, but you still know who they are. (laughs) I can't think, you know, I can't think of a, a single person in all of EVE Online that I feel like is a personal enemy to me. Uh, I don't have beef, like real, I have in-game beef, but I don't have beef with anybody. Right, uh, yeah. Even I know it's a great shoot me there, to make friends game. Yeah. <laughs> not, uh, not reciprocal. <laughs> they might hate me, but I don't hate them. There's, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who hate me, but I don't hate any of you. You all, yeah. you all just make the game fun, so... That's the reason that they hate you, man. They hate you because they've got all these emotions for you and you don't even care about who they are. <laughs> and it fuels their hate. That's what it is. Absolutely. I know you got to finish it up, man. I could sit here and talk about this good times for hours. Uh, but yeah, we will definitely want to get you back onto the show again, uh, just because it's always fun just hearing all the different stories that you have, and um, and we're going to be trying to continue doing continuous, you know, um, talk show with uh, the Age of Stories moving forward. We're kind of moving away from Crossing Darkness. We're keeping that as our World of Darkness, all like the what it originally was built on, because it seems a really weird when I go to the Lords of the Trident, which is one of the people that we're we're having coming on, um, uh, you know, heavy metal rock band to be like 
can you come on to the Crossing Darkness podcast? And they're like, what does that mean? <laughs> no, you're like, we need a new name. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a a good, new it's a good idea, man. I think that, the, you know, especially the Eve interviews, I've really enjoyed them. You're doing a great job. You should keep doing it. And I'll be happy to come back and give you guys what I got anytime, which I don't place a very high value on my own personal stories because I'm not a very good storyteller. But um, I guess there are things that have gone on and I'll, I'll try to uh, I'll try to prepare a couple of the really good stories for next time. Yeah. Yeah. Really what you should do too is the 250 kill. When you get to that, we should have you come back on and we can, we can kind of go over some of that. I predict, um, by the end of the winter, I'll be there. Um, I may lose the ship that I'm currently trying to do it with, but I think by <laughs> the end of the winter with the winter activity picking up and the faction warfare picking up, that Athrosh is doing, I'm pretty sure I can farm the hell out of these noobs he's creating. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you all for watching. And um, we will be back. We will be doing this every, um, every Sunday at 7 p.m. Central Time. Um, different stories from different people. We're hopefully going to be having, I believe Lords of Trident is possibly going to be our next um, guest that we're going to be having coming on. Uh, we'll get that all solidified and let you know. But thank you all and have a great night. Seven.